won't hit hard. Stretch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawks win. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Welcome back to episode three of the Cloud Gate Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brandon, joined with Jack. What's up, guys? Jay. What's up? And for the first time, we got Pat on the pod. Yes, sir. Happy to be here, boys. All right, so we're without PT tonight, but doesn't mean that we're not going to ruin the intros that we planned for tonight. So pretty much, we're just going to say what we're doing here at Cloud Gate Sports and where we go to school. So... I'll start off, I go to Carthage College, and if you guys know me, I'm a big Sox guy, so I'm going to take the reins on the White Sox stuff, kind of, we'll see more of that when the season comes into play in the spring, and when, you'll definitely see with the free agents offseason, you'll see me talking around a lot, but right now on Twitter, we see a lot of Jay and Pat, so I'll have Jay introduce himself next. Oh, well, you guys met me last night, uh, I'm going to be uh, heading the Bulls. Uh, and what they got going for this season, whether it's tough, whether it's good, you know, I'll be talk, touching on it. Uh, I'm a Chicago fan, like every every team besides the Cubs, so uh, I'm ready to get going, baby. Let's go. All right, Pat, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Uh, I'm glad to be at, glad to be here on my first podcast. Um, I'm at Illinois State University. I will be man in the helmet when it comes to all things Blackhawks. Um, should be a pretty interesting season yep. uh, out of us, so I'm stoked to be here. Yep. All right, Jack. I am, uh, I'm, I'm going to be the Cubs guy. Uh, like Jay, I, uh, I respect all Chicago sports teams, um, you know, including the White Sox. I'm not that guy. So yeah. I'm going to be covering the Cubs, though, uh, through the podcast. We have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about in terms of the Cubs yeah. and the Sox, so let's get right into it. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of Cubs and Sox stuff today, but before we get going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be PT for a moment here. You guys have heard PT quite a bit. Me and him both go to Carthage College. Uh, we, we've we done podcasts in the past, so me and him kind of have a little history with doing this kind of stuff, and we love doing it. But PT is going to be our Bears guy. There's not one guy that I know more that loves the Bears as much as he does. He's a season ticket holder. He knows a lot about the Bears. He, he's a good dude that knows a lot about the Bears. So, so what you're saying is a uh... – Cloudgate team trip to uh, Bears game soon? Yeah, what? maybe. Why not? We'll, go, we'll get maybe. PT to get that done. Let's but go. now let's get going with the Cubs and Sox. We have quite a bit to talk about today. So we're going to start off with the White Sox. I've got four key things that the White Sox need to look for this offseason. We need a right fielder because John Jay sure as hell doesn't cut it for us anymore. We need a DH. Our DH was who we thought was going to be Yonder Alonso, he ended up batting 144, and we ended up cutting him pretty quick. We need a couple starting pitchers in our bullpen. Do you guys have anything else that the White Sox might need before we get more into depth into these things? I mean, 
mean, I think you hit it on the head. Right field is definitely the, I think, one of the biggest assets we need. It sucks. J.D. Martinez, I felt yeah, like he was dude, on that's... the market for us. <laughs> but yeah. uh, he did opt back in with Boston. Uh, in terms of the DH, I mean, I'm kind of thinking Zach Collins is going to fill that spot this year. Yeah. Um, him and McCann might trade that off. But um, I think the biggest asset outside of right field is definitely going to be uh, – the pitching and either starting pitcher adding another core piece to the rotation obviously Garrett Cole's on the watch but even adding a couple key pieces to the bullpen too yeah definitely yeah I just say uh more more reliable uh pitching wise uh going in the only guy that we could consistently rely on was uh Giolito and he obviously turned into be uh in the running for the Cy Young in the American League so finished in seventh um, so that's pretty good for him yeah so I mean uh other than Starting pitching, like you guys said, right field. Uh, I'm hearing Cassianos now that uh, JD Martinez opted back in with the Red Sox. Yep. So uh, hey, just he's coming back to the north side, buddy. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just yeah, any uh, any any we'll take any reliable piece at this point. We're just looking to win now. So I yep. mean, uh, it's win now. Yep, definitely. Uh, Jack, do you got anything to add about our White Sox here, there, Cubby boy? Uh, no, I mean, I think that you guys, or the Sox, just need to address, um, one, the starting pitching. I mean, I like what they got going, especially Kopech coming back this year. Yep. Um, Giolito finishing second with Cy Young running. Um, I think Dylan Cease is also going to develop a lot this year, and yep. also Ronaldo Lopez. I think they have a really good front four there. Um, if they found, or if they sign, like, another quality starter, I think they can have something really good going in that rotation. Um, I do like the back end of their bullpen as well, or some of it. Um, I do think they need a couple other pieces. Definitely. Also, touch up a couple of those positions in the field, and I think you got a real real good-looking contender going there. Yeah, so we're going to break it down a little bit. I'm going to say priority number one for me. You guys can chime in, too, what you guys might think is a priority here. But priority number one is re-signing Abreu. Uh, There's been talks that he's been linked with the Marlins as well as the White Sox. If the Marlins take Jose Abreu from us, I'm going to be unbelievably pissed off. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I'm I'm about 95% sure that Abreu is going to come back. Rick Hahn had an interview today, and I don't don't really agree with what he said. Uh, You guys can chime in on this, too. But he said how Jose Abreu has a big decision to make tomorrow. I think that's putting a lot of pressure on Abreu, and I don't really like the connotation to what he means by that. I mean, with Rick Hahn this offseason, um, I don't know what his problem is. I don't know if you saw the interview a couple days ago about him just addressing free agency in general yeah, and how he's super secretive about everything, doesn't want well, to talk that's, that's anything. Well, that's stemming from the, the fact that everyone gave him grief for it last offseason. Yeah, and, that's oh, we're true. glad we're at the table, like, we were, we were still a part of all these free agent like talks, but I mean, I think that stems a lot from that. He doesn't want to let us down again. He He's ready to get business done. So yeah. I don't think it was more like brushing people off. It was more of like, all right, let's talk and more business, you know? So yeah, we, we yeah. don't want to seat at the table. We want the whole fucking meal this off season. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I do kind of like the idea that he is going to be secretive about everything. Um, obviously, when that whole thing came about, when it was the Harper stuff was getting displayed on the uh, at the UC last year, yep. and people not happy about that. Um, I think with the Brayu, I really don't see him leaving. I, I can't. I think he's got too big of a bond here in Chicago, and yeah. I think he realizes how special the team is going forward. Um, so when Rick Hahn said that today. Um, it does seem a little like menacing, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think 
like I said, obviously it's no secret the Sox have an absurd amount of cap space right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rick Hahn's gonna be shy whatsoever of giving the money that Brave deserves. Yep. Yeah, and if and if he's saying it's uh Brave's decision, I think he already made that decision. So Yeah, uh, yeah no doubt. I completely agree. Yeah, Jose Brave is, is staying on the south side. I do not see him going anywhere else. I mean and the team and Rick Hahn shouldn't want him going anywhere either. I mean, he's a great first baseman. He's an all star first baseman. He hit yep. two eighty four with thirty three bombs and hundred and twenty three RBIs. I mean, those are great, great numbers. Yeah. So, you know, you you know, if I'm the Sox GM and I'm looking at a guy like Jose Abreu, you know, he wants to be in Chicago. He's always wanted to be a part of this the, the rebuild that they have going on currently. And he said that before. So, you know, when I look at my first baseman and, and he's saying he wants to be a part of the rebuild and he's a great player, you know, there's really no reason not to offer him the money he deserves. Yep, definitely. Uh, so moving on now uh, to the starting pitchers. That's my next step that we need to get. We need to get some starting pitching. Of course, everybody's going to say Garrett Cole. It's not going to happen, so get that out of our mind right away if anybody's thinking that. He's either going to Los Angeles or New York, and I'm really hoping he does not go to New York because that would be awful for baseball. But some realistic players that I, I – I have two things here, the realistic players and the players that should happen. So the realistic guys I got, Zach Wheeler from the Mets had a great year. He'd fit perfect in this rotation. Madison Bumgardner, he's he's got the three World Series championship rings. He's got the history. He's a very reliable pitcher. He brings a three ERA every year. He's very reliable, very consistent. And I've got a little trade piece that I want to talk about, but we'll talk about that after we talk about Zach Wheeler and Mad Bum for a little bit. So... What do you guys think about the Zach Wheeler Mad Bum? And do you guys have any other pitchers that you think are realistic for the Sox? I uh, I really like all the things you said, Brandon. I actually had Zach Wheeler and Bumgarner down on my list for the Sox as well. I think um, they have a lot of righties in their rotation. I think they do need to uh, sign a, a left-handed pitcher just to kind of mix things up in, in terms of you know matchup-wise. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Bumgarner, I mean, the guy's a workhorse, like you said, Brandon, three, you know, three world series titles. Has he, you know, kind of regressed a little bit? Oh, he's definitely regressed. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I I mean, you never know being in San Francisco, you know, who knows what's going on there. He'd come to a new city, new team. He just like a Justin Verlander kind of thing. Yeah. Spark a new, you know, kind of ability in him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, high-end Jin Ryu is also on the market, too, as well. Yeah. Um, that'd be a great thing for the Sox to do, maybe possibly look at that. Um, I think he's being a little underlooked, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. No, I agree. Uh, free agent pool. Um, and, and one last guy I just want to point out, too, is Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. I mean, you know, a guy that obviously he's not going to be your one or two starter, but a guy that can come in and get you, you know, five or six good innings every year, most most of his outings, you know, it's definitely something the Sox want to look at too. I mean, in, in 19 games with the Braves, he went 8-8 eight and eight with a 3.75 ERA and 91 strikeouts. You know, those numbers aren't too bad. Yep. Um, I think the Sox should definitely look into him. Yeah. I think uh, the thing with – you go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's no secret. I was big on Dallas Keiko last year. Um, yep. <laughs> Especially with uh, with Harper and um, and Machado falling through, I was big on Keiko. I was kind of shocked they didn't make a move for him. I agree. But Brandon, I just kind of want to ask you: what do you what is your ideal um, pitching rotation next year with what the Sox have right now, and who do you think is going to kind of come back and man the lead? Uh, uh, for now, I'm depending on free agent. If somehow we pull it out of our ass and somehow get a Garrett Cole type number one pitcher, uh, it's probably going to be Giolito at the one. Uh, Kopech at the two, Cease at the three, 
And then the four and five is really up in the air. Uh, me personally, we could we could get into it now, but I don't I don't like I, I'm kind of losing faith on Ronaldo Lopez as a starting pitcher. I'd like to see him come out of the bullpen in a role that kind of it helps his ability because if you look at his numbers, he is in the he's a very above average as a starting pitcher when he faces a lineup the first time through. The problem is, though, the second and third time he faces the lineup. The third time he faces the lineup, he's one of the league's worst in opponent batting average, runs given up. It's extremely high. I'd like to see him in more of a controlled environment in the bullpen. So, Ronaldo Lopez, I'd like to see move to the bullpen. So then, that would open up two spots for the bottom of the rotation, which I would hope we'd fill in free agency or via trade this offseason. On those last two spots, um, I know Ivan Nova is also a free agent, I believe. Do you think he's would going not to hate that. I would not hate that if we brought him back. He was very reliable for us. He's a, he's a good filler guy. I know a lot of Sox fans are like, we're done with the fillers and everything. Sometimes you need a filler for a season. Just like this upcoming season, it's a perfect time for an above-average filler. Ivan Nova is no chump. He's no, he's no bum. He showed it the second half of the season. He was fantastic. He held his own. It was a good. It was a good trade last season. It'd be a good. It would be a pretty good sign in this offseason. But let's hope it doesn't turn into a thing like Irvin Santana did with the Sox last year, or the White Sox legend Despagne, who's now playing in Japan. <laughs> gonna gonna miss him. Gonna miss him. But yeah. So that's what I would think about Nova. I wouldn't mind that at all. That's actually a good point that you brought up there, Pat. Uh, and the last two, I'm kind of feeling for this. Obviously, I want a big free agent acquisition. Yep. Um, but I think two names still need to focus on, too, that we still have in our arsenal. I know we dropped Carson Fulmer to the bullpen last year. Do you think he's staying there, or do you think he's going to make his way back? I, to think he, I, I think they're going to package him up for a trade this offseason. I think his White yeah. Sox days are done. What about Dylan Covey? Dylan, oh, Dylan Covey sent him to the fucking sun. He is god all. <laughs> I want him off the team. Do you think we pulled him up too early? No, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, he had his it's good game. Hard games. to say with that kind of stuff, man. Pitching, yeah, pitching, it's hard to say. Yeah, uh, Dylan Covey. I'll never forget his game in Boston two years ago. Uh, <laughs> that was the highlight of his career. After that, it's been shit. I remember last year uh, I was listening to uh, the White Sox Talk podcast. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to it, but Chuck Garfine was talking to uh, Don Cooper. They're talking about Dylan Covey, and Don Cooper doesn't seem to really uh, really fare too well with Dylan Covey. He liked him at the beginning. He thought he was a good kid with some good stuff. And don't get me wrong, Dylan Covey has got some great stuff. But the problem is, though, is his fastball doesn't move. It doesn't have the velocity that you want to see. He gets hit around. He's not, he's not a smart pitcher. He, he makes a lot of mistakes. So Dylan Covey... Unless if we keep him for a triple-A guy and we bring him up like once or twice a year if somebody gets hurt, that's the only way that I see him being a part of this White Sox organization. Uh, for me personally, I think um, after what happened last year, missing out on Machado, missing out on uh, Harper, I think the Sox should be firing on all cylinders yeah. going after Garrett Cole right now. Whether they think, whether they think it's a possibility or not, they should be flexing everything they oh, have. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, but that being said, we already know he wants to go pitch in California. Um, 
even he might even get pulled to the Yankees, like you said. But um, if we miss out on him, I wouldn't mind a guy like Madison Bumgarner, especially with where this team's at. Yeah. They're still young, but they're still learning how to win. Bringing a guy that's batting a three-world series, he knows what he's doing. He's, like you said, a workhorse. And even that, looking at some more free agents, we talked about right fielders. Avi Garcia is another free agent. Would you want him back, or uh, if we miss out on Castellanos? Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. I've got that on the docket yeah. in a little bit. But, <laughs> All right. But, uh, but with Garrett Cole, though, I agree 110%. We should be slinging our cock all over that. Um, but here's the but thing. With, what do you, I really don't think, in my opinion, and what do you guys think? Like, Is that a reality? Do you think that could happen? It, it's a reality. Opinion, I, I don't know because I really think that they're – he wants to go pitch for the Angels. I'm Here, not here's the thing Angels about Garrett Angels. Cole. Here's the thing. We saw it after the World Series when the Astros lost. He had all of his Astros stuff off. He had a Scott Boris hat on. He said he wasn't a part of the Houston Astros organization anymore at the time. He's not going back to Houston, so I guess that kind of wrapped around together. But he said in the interview he's done with the Astros. So to me, that brings a business aspect to Garrett Cole. Sure, he wants to uh, go in Los Angeles and play with the Angels where he grew up like a half mile away from the stadium. Sure, that's everybody's dream. If you ask any professional baseball player, if they wanted to play for their favorite team growing up with the salary they wanted, they'd do it in a heartbeat. Problem is, though, they're not always going to get that salary, and that's a big problem with the the business aspect of this sport. So Garrett Cole, it's a possibility – I don't think it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, if the Sox show up with more money, I, I feel like he, I feel like he'd sign with the White Sox if the money's there. But if it's not there, there's not, there's really no way for me to tell. Well, the money, the money's definitely there for the Sox. Like well, said, it depends how so much, much they offer, points. though. It depends how much they yeah, offer. Yeah, true. Because I think that they, you know, they if they offer Garrett Cole, you know, the money, like the Angels are going to offer offer him a hell of a lot of money because yeah. they want him there, you know. And he and he's a, I mean, he's not young, but he's a younger guy yeah. that they can sign for six, seven years, and maybe he's not an elite pitcher for another six or seven years. Yeah. But if they can get another four or five years of him being elite, who knows what the Angels could be? Yeah. But. Um, I think the Sox, personally, I think that they need to, you know, not put all their money in one basket. I think they need to spread it out. I think they need to be really smart this offseason. Yeah. Because, honestly, I think is going to make an even bigger leap next year. You know, nobody expected him to be who he was. No. You know, especially after his rookie season. I think Kopech's going to come back really strong. You know, I think Cease is going to make – I don't think Cease is going to be a good pitcher, but I think by the end of the year he'll be above average. Yeah. And, I, you know, I know you're out on Ronaldo Lopez, man, but – it's hard for me to be just because he showed he showed signs of life. I think yeah. he's really streaky. young. He is right? very streaky. He's a young pitcher that needs to develop in this league. I, you know, like you said, he's really good. You know, the first time around. You know, if he can find a way to be good second, third time around, you know, you could have some there. So, so putting Garrett Cole into that rotation, I don't think is an absolute need. Yeah. I know it's a want for Sox fans, but like I like you know we've been talking. I think Zach Wheeler or Madison Bumgarner will be cheaper and. They will fit just as nicely, or not just as nicely, but they'll fit. They'll fit well nicely, yeah. Definitely, yeah. So, do you guys have anything else to add, Pat or Jay, to the realistic pitchers before I get into the pitchers that need to be on the south side this next year? Well, I'm just gonna piggyback off what Jack said. Um, miss out on Garrett Cole. 
I think that's when we really look to go around and pick up different pieces, not just one megastar. Yeah. Uh, just uh, we need we just need to take care of what the roster needs are. You know, we just can't leave anything unaccounted for going forward from this point. It's getting too late into the rebuild. Uh, the rebuild is by now what people are saying is win now, and I agree. Uh, the Sox have been way too passive. They've been uh, actually more than way too passive. So it's time to get all the chips together and go for it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I agree with that, man. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, with the, with the Sox, um, I realistically don't think we have that. As of right now, we don't have that bad of a pitching rotation. I think no, no we really don't. I don't think – I mean, yes. Do I want Garrett Cole? Yes, I do. Do we need him? No, I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, would I rather get a more reliable and more like maybe a like Dallas Keuchel type person where they're not going to be your number one, number two, but they're a solid rotation person? That's the kind of guy you want in the playoffs. And if you know yeah. this team's going to make the playoffs, you need to get somebody like that. Dallas obviously has experience in the playoffs with the Astros. Um, but even outside of that, even if we don't add a big, big-name piece of the pitching rotation – I don't. I'm not too worried about that um, overall. I, I think the Sox have a lot of potential. I think it just comes down to staying healthy. I mean, it sucks. Cole Peck went out um, the previous year, and then Carlos Rodon only what he had what well, seven yeah. starts this and, year. And our top pitching prospects, and like Dane Dunning and other guys like that, who also were out for the year, like Zach Birdie. But yeah, go ahead, Pat. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Rodon when he got, I mean, I think he started seven games this year. I mean, it wasn't pretty. But like I said, we have a lot of good pieces in the pitching rotation. It's getting all those pieces kind of click at the same time, and we'll get rolling. Yep, I agree. Now, let's get down to the the pitchers who I need on the south side this upcoming uh, this upcoming season. We already talked about it a little bit. I need Dallas Keuchel in the black and white this season. Uh, I feel like he'd be a great fit, and I feel like he'd be uh, pretty pretty affordable for the White Sox in, uh, if we're planning on spending big. Two or three year deal, maybe? Huh? That's what I'm thinking for him, two, three years. Oh, yeah, two, three years. I think more yeah. on the more on the three-year side of it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we already talked about Keiko a little bit, so I'm going to move on to the next two guys. Somebody who's already played in Chicago, who's a free agent, who I, I myself really like, uh, Cole Hamels. I'd love to see the Sox take a chance on him. If you look at his numbers, they were talking about on MLB Network this past weekend. They are talking about Cole Hamels and the possibility that he comes to the White Sox or Philadelphia. We'll see what happens with all of that. But Cole Hamels had a 2-8 ERA before his back. Was it a back injury? It was some kind of it, injury. I think it was a back Or it might have been. Or was it elbow? I don't know. It was, it was some kind of injury that affected his pitching. But then after he was injured, he had a 5.9 ERA for the rest of the season. So... We'll see yeah, how that plays out. Lot. That's a guy that I'd love the Sox to take a chance on, though. Yeah, but do you take a chance on him? I, I mean, I, you know, he's, he's what, 38 now? I mean, yeah, I know there's there's a lot of guys in the league that are able to pitch, you know, in their late yeah. 30s and their early 40s. But, like, you know, after an injury, you know, you look at Cole Hamels, like you just said, Brandon, after that injury last year, that's a five, you know, he had a 5.9 ERA after that injury. So, you know, do you really, as a team that is almost completing a rebuild, do you really want to start taking chances? I mean, if, if, if I'm the Sox, I mean, yeah, you got to take chances. Obviously, every free agent signing is a chance. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm the Sox, you know, you got to go out and get guys that are proven, man, that you know are going to be able to help your team right away. You don't know if Cole Hamill is going to be healthy next year at all. I mean, yeah. you, really, you don't know if anybody's going to be healthy, but you get what I'm saying? Like, No, yeah, I get what you're saying. With a guy like Cole Hamill. Yeah. 
Uh, Cole Hamels is actually 35, so a couple years He's younger. Th- oh, man, I'm tweaking. A couple years younger. But I-, I still agree with you, though. It's an interesting topic. I've heard a lot of Sox fans kind of bring up that Cole Hamels would be a good fit. Like how Pat was talking about Ivan Nova, Cole Hamels could be a good quote-unquote filler for the rotation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything to add about Cole Hamels before we move on to our my last need pitcher? Nothing for me. Yeah, I mean, I think Cole would be nice. Um, I don't. I think he's overlooked as well. Um, but uh, I mean, he's a good person to have around our young guys. I think it kind of fits in the same idea with Dallas Keuchel too. Yeah. I mean, those are two guys I want around. You know, uh, Chilito or Kopech or Kobe. They, those are some guys that know they've been through it all. They know what to do. Yeah. And I think it'd be a great asset to have. Yeah, definitely. So my last guy here. Coming from the AL Central also, so he knows this uh, division very well, which is actually oh, pretty I big. I think I know where this is going, too. Uh, Jake Odorizzi of the Minnesota yep. Twins. I would love him on the Chicago White Sox. He went 15-7 and seven this past year with a 3.4 ERA, which is mighty fine for me. I feel like he'd be a great 4 or 5 for this White Sox team. And I'd like to see him get a little bit longer of a deal if he does end up coming to the south side, more of like a three- to four-year type deal. Uh, Again, another guy who I think is going to be overlooked. He's from Illinois, so we got that on our side. But, uh, yeah, I think he was uh, high school player of the year when he was uh, played here in Illinois for high school. So a little fun fact on Jake Odorizzi. But, yeah, I'd love to see him on the south side this next season. I really, really, really like that or that point, Brandon, because I, I, actually I have it written down that I want the Cubs to get Oda Rizzi too. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great guy. I think he's very reliable. You know, he's not going to be the Sox one or two starter. No. But, you know, even if they signed him, you know, like a filler guy, I mean, I wouldn't even really consider him a filler yeah, guy. Yeah, I wouldn't Six, either. Seven, 3.4 year array at 178. Punch outs last year. I mean, that's not really a filler guy. That's like more of a uh, number three starter. Yeah. So you know, if they were to go out and sign Odorizzi, Oda, they they definitely have a lot of flexibility in that starting rotation. Yeah. Hey, Jack. What's up, dude? Hey, we're talking about the White Sox right now. Can you wait? Uh, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the second team in a little bit. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually got one more pitcher. Um, it's definitely a risk like jack said i guess every free agent acquisition is a risk also coming from the twins from uh the al central uh michael pineda i feel like he's kind of flying underneath the radar um i know he did he did have a little bit of injury last year um he also did get popped uh, yeah he's gotten popped a couple times in his career yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he got 60 games last year for a testing positive for something obviously that infamous event when he was on the Yanks when yep. he got uh, called pine tar yep. back. but I mean last year I mean he had 11 wins and five losses and had um, 140 strikeouts yeah I, I mean I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad a bad idea to keep out there I mean I, I think he's really flying underneath the radar especially with the the suspension but yep. that'll be something to keep in mind going forward yeah definitely uh, I'm gonna save I've got two trades and I'll I'll save those for the end we'll talk about trade possibilities but we're done with the pitchers now. Let's get over to the next offensive thing that the White Sox need, which is a right fielder. I've got two guys that I want the Sox to pursue. Uh, you guys might have other guys, but my two guys are one, Nick Castellanos, which is pretty obvious. A little note here, here. Little note here on Castellanos. 
Scott Boris. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, that's hey, one hey, thing. Hey. Before you go into Castellanos, that's the one thing that mm-hmm. I want to say. Sox fans are not allowed to say Castell- Castellanos. Oh, you can't even that say it. You can't even yeah. say it. Jay, shut the fuck up, dude. Just shut up. <laughs> hey, all, all I want to say is you used to be a Sox fan before the Cubs got good. Just throwing that out there for the fans. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, we got Nick Castellanos. His agent is Scott Boris. Uh, a few hours ago, I was going to add this with the Garrett Cole, but I feel like this is more realistic with the Nick Castellanos stuff. Uh, he's saying how the White Sox are not viewed the same way they were two years ago. When I first read that, it worried me because I thought that meant with what happened with the Machado and Harper stuff, we're not going to spend the money. But after reading it, it was actually a pretty good thing. He said the White Sox are a young team. They have a bright future. There's going to be some big-time free agents that are going to be interested on the White Sox. Which, hearing that only makes it more realistic for me that Nick Castellanos could come to the south side. Uh, what do you guys think about Nick Castellanos coming to the south side? I'm not saying anything because he's not going to the White Sox. Okay. I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, he's familiar. He came from uh, the AL Central. Yep. Uh, it, from what I know, he's he likes playing in Chicago, whether it's on the north side whether it's on the south side, I'm, I'm pretty sure his career stats hitting at uh, the cell are pretty good, if I'm correct. I don't know for sure, but, uh, yeah. I mean. He uh, raked against the White Sox, that's for sure. I know that. Yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely a kill us. Uh, so, but then again, you know, our, the whatever guaranteed rate is a uh, great hitting park. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's what that's that's what Cassiano says. He's a, he's a hitter. He's one of the best in the league, so. Uh, it's a familiar stadium. He played there when he was with the Tigers, and, I mean, I think it's a good fit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, realistically, I think the shot the Sox had to get Cassianos was pretty legitimate while J.D. Martinez was still on the market. Yeah. Uh, but once J.D. fell off and re- or opted back in with Boston, um, I think a lot more teams would be drawn towards uh, – Cassianos, I mean, yeah, would I love to have him? I would. Um, he did very well for the Cubs last year, even though they still ended up falling short. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of teams after him. Uh, he's definitely going to get a lot of money. And I realistically, can we get Garrett Cole? I mean, I think I'd much rather have Cassianos than I would Garrett Cole. Yep. But um, I definitely think there's still a lot, a lot of valuable right fielders out there that – would do just fine. I think the Sox don't. It's not a make or break if we don't get Castellanos. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to my next right fielder. We got Marcelo Zuna from the St. Louis Cardinals. Nice one too, yep, I think he'd be a great fit on the south side. Great hitter. He, he's he's an okay fielder. But uh, I think what we're going to see out of him more is the offensive aspect of it, just like we would with Castellanos. Right field has been a terrible position offensively for the White Sox in the past. We really haven't had a good right fielder, if you think about it, since uh, Alex Rios from, like, 2013. Uh, so it ha- hasn't been that good for the White Sox, besides Avi, which I guess he had that one year we had a very high batting average. But besides that, he was not not a good bright spot for the White Sox in the last couple of years. And, Jay, you talked about Avi earlier. We'll talk about him in a couple of seconds. But Marcelo Zuna, I think, would be a good fit for our White Sox. I really like, actually, Marcelo Zuna uh, on the south side. I think that he would be a good fit. I think that he is going to bring a little more power than average. 
Um, you know, he only hit 241 last year in St. Louis, but he did hit 29 homers with 89 RBIs. So you're definitely going to get the power aspect out of him. The average kind of fluctuates up and down. Yeah. I really liked him uh, a couple of years ago when he was in Miami. Um, I was pretty upset, obviously, when the Cardinals got him, you know, Cubs rival. But, yeah. um, you know, I do think he'd be a good fit for the for the White Sox. I, I don't see why not. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you would love coming into uh, the South Side. Obviously, being from St. Louis, nobody likes the Cubs. So I think he'd definitely enjoy that rivalry. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think he would also be <clears> – <throat> I think Jack's right. He's definitely going to offer more of that power aspect, which kind of kind of makes me hesitant towards it because we are a very power-heavy kind of team with uh, Yo-Yo and Jose and Eloy. They're kind of big power hitters. Uh, personally, if we're looking at right field, I kind of would maybe want to go for that more utility batter. That's why uh, Cameron Maben kind of – Fits into my yeah, that's not uh, a bad one. Go to, but I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna complain if we can land Ozuna. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess I'd say the same. Uh, like like you said, Brandon, anything's an upgrade for us right now. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously shoot higher, uh, better free agents. But I mean, I know you said John Jay isn't gonna get it done, but even if we pick up a, another right fielder, John Jay is a guy who I also wouldn't mind keeping around the ball club because. The fact that he's been around like so many teams, he knows what it's like to win. He's a good, reliable backup bat. Yeah. Great utility guy. Yeah, he's a great utility guy. So I think uh, bringing him back, even though he's older, struggled through injury last season, I think he's just a, a good person to have around the ball club. Yeah, I agree 110% about John Jay. I don't know if me personally I'd want that to be our right fielder for next season, uh, but... Now we'll talk about the other former White Sox, Avi Garcia. He's not even on my list. Uh, I don't think Avi wants anything to do with the White Sox anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, don't, I think he's... Yeah, I, I, think he's I don't Sox. really think that the Sox really want anything to do with him. Yeah. I think they moved on from him for a reason. Yeah, I think he's done with the Sox. I don't see any, reuni- any reuniting anytime soon. I honestly think Avi's going to re-sign with the Tampa Bay Rays. He had a great season there. He really helped them out. So I think that's a good fit for him. But, again, we would have loved to seen Avi really progress and become the player that we wanted to see on the south side. But it's just not going to happen, which I guess is sad when you look at it, but it's whatever. I mean, I enjoyed his time while he was here. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I definitely don't think that's the guy we need in our right field for next year. Definitely. I mean, one thing on Avi is uh, a few years ago, I think like two years ago, MLB Network was doing a thing on the White Sox and everything with their rebuild and all that. And guys like Joe Girardi and all the guys on the, uh, the show I was watching had Avi in, the, in right field come 2020, 2021 when the rebuild's really coming together. So, I mean, uh, obviously, like you guys said, that's probably not a possibility at this point with uh, the way things ended. But uh, I, I just thought that was uh, yeah, an interesting little take right there. Yeah. But uh, all right, so now we're gonna Are we move on. Right fielders, or do you still got more more coming? Uh, I'm I'm good with right fielders, unless if you guys have anything else that you guys want to add. Yeah, I kind of want to throw two in there. Um, like I said, Cameron Maben earlier um, yeah. had a pretty season for uh, the the Yanks this year. Um, Batting hey, can I guess five. your other guy? Can I uh, guess your other guy? out. It's probably not that hard of a guess. Please. Actually, no, it's not. Uh, it's Cole Calhoun. I think okay. he's been flying okay. under the radar. 
If, I mean, yeah. Fun fact about Cole Calhoun: Hawk Harrelson absolutely loves the guy. So I, I'm hoping he doesn't end up on the south side. I'm not a fan of Cole Calhoun. So hey, if Hawk loves him, we love him, baby. Let's go. That's true. Hawk loves him. We love him. Yeah. Uh, but Cole did bat 232 last year. Not the most appealing aspect of it, but he did have 33 home runs. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to go too heavy with the lineup. Like I said, we already have Yo-Yo, Jose, and Eloy, and Zach's kind of a big hitter. But, um, like I said, there's a lot of options out there if the Sox can't uh, land Castellanos. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree on that. You guys got any other right fielders? Uh, no. No? Good on the right me. field? I don't want Puig. Yeah, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want Puig either. No. Yeah, I don't. Ted said he wants to bring back Melky. Oh, I mean, I love the milk man. I'm yeah, not gonna, who, every, I'm everybody gonna loves the milk man. Wherever he's at. Oh yeah. my god, everybody Honestly, loves the milk. Honestly, what he did for even though he came at a, a crappy time for the Sox, he was he was a great guy. Great yeah, player. he was. He was. It was sad seeing him go for sure. Yeah. All right. This I, I'm actually kind of surprised that I didn't have this a little bit higher on the list because of how bad the White Sox were in this aspect this year. The DH was absolutely awful. We were one of the worst in the league. I think our combined DH was batting like 190. We had Daniel Polka, who had like three hits all year. We had Yonder Alonso, who batted 188. Fun fact about the Sox, which I don't think a lot of people realize. We were in the the bottom five of the league in home runs this year. But we led the league in singles this year. Fun fact about the White Sox, if you didn't know that. Uh, probably helped with Tim Anderson getting a lot of singles. But, anyways. <laughs> Tim Anderson. All right. Okay. But, okay, all right. We're not, gonna, we're not starting this right now. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, it's not happening. Because I'll win this 10 times out of 10. Okay. All right. All right. We're done. We're done. Over there. All right. Now, let's talk about the DH role. I got two guys that I wouldn't mind seeing the Sox get, especially a lefty kind of DH. There's a couple other righties, but I'm going to focus on the lefty DHs. We got Moose Moustakis from the Milwaukee Brewers. I honestly don't think that he's going to re-sign with Milwaukee. I think he's kind of out the door there. He'd be a great fit for the White Sox. He'd be a great utility guy to play second base while we wait for Madrigal to come up. And then we can have him DH as well. Uh, what, what do you guys think about the Moose coming to the south side? Uh, for me personally... The guy at the top of my list, I don't know if it would work out, work out. I mean, I don't see a reason it shouldn't, but um, Rendon. Yeah, I, I don't really see the need for Rendon, honestly, just because of Moncada and Madrigal, and we're not going to spend know, he, that type of money on a guy that's only going to play a DH role. Yeah. Especially when he's that good of a fielder, too. He's not going to waste his time being a DH. I, uh, I like Moose pick there, Brandon. I mean, he, you know, he had 35 homers in Milwaukee last year, 87 RBIs. I mean, you're not going to get the 280, 290 batting average out of him, but, you know, you're not really supposed to get that out of a DH unless you're JD Martinez. So, you know, I really do think that the Sox should look at Mike Moussakis. I don't know if necessarily he's going to come to the White Sox. I believe that there's a chance he resets the Brewers. I think he, he had a good spot. He was in a good spot over there at third base. Um, he's obviously their everyday starter. Yeah. Um, and I do think they will pay him money. I don't think the Sox are going to spend too much money on Mike Moustakis. I think they're going to, like I said earlier, invest their money in, in other uh, aspects of ball club. Yep. But I do like the idea of Mike Moustakis. 
stripes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not opposed to Moose. Um, I definitely think it'd be a big asset. Not my number one on my list, but like I said, um, I think Zach might be our guy this year. I don't think the Sox are thinking too high on a DH at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be kind of be the same thing as last year. We're having Zach and uh, James McCann kind of switching off on that role. Yeah. But would I like uh, somebody who's set in stone DH? Yeah, I would. But yeah. uh, realistically, I don't think that's too high on the Sox list right now. Yep. And the other DH that I got is the Dick, Corey Dickerson. Uh, I feel like he'd oh, that's be... that's his nickname? Yeah, that's yeah, his nickname, nickname is The Dick. I don't, I don't think anybody calls him that. Well, I call him The Dick. Corey Dickerson, The Dick. Um, he, he's a great lefty bat, uh, good contact power bat, kind of shows both ways. And again, a good utility-ish guy for the outfield. Uh, he can play all around the outfield. He played left, center, and right some point in his career. Uh, we're going to see that with Eloy. Him and Eloy can maybe do a little uh, DH outfield type of thing this next season because all of us Sox fans can agree that Eloy is not the best uh, outfielder. So cool. it'd, be, it'd be nice to see him get some DH at-bats as well. Are you guys down with um, maybe sliding Eloy over to DH? Uh, like I was literally maybe, just about to say that. And going after maybe a left fielder as well as a right fielder? Here's the thing. Here's the thing with moving there's Eloy. A, there's some solid left fielders on the board too. No, I know so. there is. Uh, there definitely is. But the pro- the problem that I see with moving Eloy to a DH only rule or only role is he's still so young, and to kind of just put such a high prospect and move him to only a DH role, I get he's not the best outfielder. But neither has other big power outfielders have been as well. There, ha- there hasn't been yeah, one of those. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwar- that's, a, that's actually a very good example, even though I hope Eloy's a little bit better than Schwarber. Yeah, please don't ever be like Schwarber. Eloy, uh, Schwarber's not bad. Schwarber's not bad. But fielding-wise, yeah, he's bad. Here, so, yeah, I, I'd like to see Eloy stay in the outfield. I wouldn't be opposed to him getting DH at bats or DH starts, but... I'd like to keep him in the outfield at least for the next couple years, see how he does. Yeah, I don't think moving him to DH is a move at all. I think you kind of hit it on the head that he is really young, and I feel like if we slide him to the DH, you're kind of just wasting that talent. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that's all I had for the DHs, unless if you guys have any more to add. Uh, my number one was, was Hunter Pence. I'd, I, 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 that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he had a great season this year. Another guy that was plagued by injury towards the end of the season. He was an all-star, though. He had a great resurgence to his career this year. Uh, Hunter Pence, to me, is the prime example of a hit-or-miss guy. So, it'd be interesting. But, yeah, so we'll move on to the next role that I have, and that's the bullpen. Uh, I think every team in the whole MLB, though, is always looking for bullpen pieces. But this past season, we saw Alex Calme, Jace Fry, Aaron Bummer, Evan Marshall, and Jimmy Cordero. Those are four guys that I'd like to see the Sox keep for the bullpen next year. Uh, also Ryan Burr, but Ryan Burr was injured last year for most of the year. But now there's one, two, three guys that I'd like the White Sox to send to the Sun. Uh, that'd be Kelvin Herrera, Carson Fulmer, and Jose Ruiz. Uh, Kelvin Herrera, we just got a 
put in our pocket. It was it, it at the time it looked like a good signing, but we see that that definitely did not work out the way we wanted it to. And I've got some guys that I would love to see the Sox get. Uh, obviously, Will Smith would be a great ad, but he's going to come with a high uh, asking price. We got Will Harris from the Houston Astros, a great uh, righty pitcher. He's Again, he's been around the league. He knows what he's doing. He was with the Houston Astros when they won in 2017. He was there again in the World Series. Kind of a sneaker guy here in Drew Pomeranz. Uh, he was terrible with the Boston Red Sox last year. But this season, we saw him with the Milwaukee Brewers get his fastball up to 99, even hitting 100 a couple times. And the last guy that I'd like to see the Sox add is Daniel Hudson, a former White Sox who just won the World Series with the Washington Nationals. A guy to have around the clubhouse, help those younger bullpen arms, starting pitchers that kind of need to get it because Daniel Hudson is definitely a guy that gets it. So, yeah, those are my bullpen pieces. How about you guys? What do you guys think about the bullpen? Uh, my biggest one that I was kind of keeping my eye on for this offseason was Sergio Romo uh, coming out of Minnesota. Yeah, that's actually a good one. He played – his ERA was pretty high for a lead pitcher this year. Uh, um, but, I mean, career-wise, he's just under a three for a relief. I think he'd be an awesome uh, asset to have. Like I said, it's kind of going around. I like your picks of the guys you want to keep this year from the current team. Yep. But I think – I mean, adding, I feel like that's kind of the model for the Sox here. Anybody we get is going to be an upgrade. Yeah, and true. And I think adding Sergio uh, would be a great acquisition. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you guys hit it right on the nail. Um, I think those are great pieces for the Sox to start looking at and to upgrade their bullpen. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I've got two trades that I want the White Sox to make. This is where talk's going to get a little interesting. Uh the first guy, uh, do you guys want me to start with the big fish or the little fish first? Little fish, little fish. Little, little fish. fish. All right. He's not a little fish. I'd say he's a medium fish about to get to a big boy fish. Just not as big as a big fish. <laughs> exactly. We got Matthew Just Boyd. Just tell me who. All right. We got Matthew Boyd of the Detroit Tigers. There's been talk that the Tigers are looking to ship him off. The White Sox obviously have the prospect capital. Uh, to get a starting pitcher like Matthew Boyd of the Detroit Tigers, who showed great promise this year. Uh, I, I, I don't know how old he is. He's he's definitely in his younger 20s, though, or mid-20s. He's a great lefty pitcher. And like we were saying earlier, the Sox need lefty pitchers. Matthew Boyd, a young lefty pitcher who was unbelievably good for the Tigers, especially with a bad Tigers team this year. He'd be a great piece for the White Sox to get into trade talks with. And with Rick Hahn talking... It seems like Rick Hahn is talking more about trades than he did last offseason, so I think we're going to see some big boy trades this year, and I think Matthew Boyd's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think he'd be a great, a great person to pick up. Um, he is 28, so he's not he's – Well, good, I guess I age. was uh, incorrect on that one. Um, one Still? thing, too, I think would be nice to kind of have some chemistry there is he also went to Oregon State, same as Madrigal. Oh. So – I think it'd be a good chemistry boost, but my question is, who do you think the guys or the Sox are going to ship off to kind of land a person like this? Here, here, and this, Dude, and this Matt, he's like ten years older than Nick Madrigal. I don't think they were. Uh, <laughs> still, <laughs> so that connection. Yeah, but uh, but still, with trades and stuff, uh, I'd see the Sox. The Tigers are not in good shape. They're in pretty bad shape. They've got a couple good prospects, but. I could see the Sox finally giving up on a guy like Zach Birdie. 
making the move, getting him to Detroit. Or Carson Fulmer. Uh, we could even see, like, uh, Luis Basabe. Oh. We could see Micker Adolfo on the cut this year because the problem with the White Sox that I don't think a lot of people are realizing is that the Rule 5 draft is coming up, and there's only so many people that we can protect on that 40-man roster. So I think that brings into debate that the trades are going to happen sooner than later with guys, like I just said, with Luis Basabe or Micker Adolfo because we're not going to be able to protect those guys for much longer. Yeah, I think you you hit it on the head. Um, we are gonna be able to protect those guys, and I think we we can actually get a decent amount for them. I think they're very valuable pieces for yep. a team, especially like Detroit, who's kind of trying to rebuild. Um, so, I mean, I think I'd be all for it. I think it's a good move, especially with uh, us not being able to protect them for much longer. Definitely. Yeah, Matthew Boyd would be a good fit for the White Sox, I think. Like I say, young guy, I mean, 28, he had a great season last year with the Tigers. I mean, I really think that he could be a really great left-handed presence in that rotation. Um, the Tigers are definitely uh, selling right now. Like, you know, obviously they traded Castellanos last year, they traded a couple other guys, um, and they're in a true, true rebuild over there in Detroit. So yeah. uh, I definitely think they'll they'll listen to talks from Matthew Boyd, and, uh, yeah, maybe that'll happen for the Sox. Yeah, definitely. You guys ready for the big fish? I want to hear it. Hold, hold on. Let me, let me brace myself. All right. This, this All is right. a large right, one. From the Boston Red Sox, we're going to get Mookie, Mookie Betts. Let's go. Let's go. All right. There is going to be a lot of pieces that need to get moved. And me and my GM role, I made a trade possible that uh, – I think even uh, the MLB, the show GMs, would like very much. Um, we're going to see. I, a lot of Sox fans are going to hate me for saying this, but it's going to be a package deal. Carson Fulmer, Andrew yep. Vaughn, yep. and also probably like a Micker Adolfo, Luis Basabe type. So big two top prospects, and then Carson Fulmer's bum ass will just get thrown in there. And I've got one more. Carlos Rodon also. Is going to be done with the White Sox. I think I he's going to. That. I think he's going to be out the door. I think the Red Sox are not going to take Rodon. Uh, they need pitching. Why wouldn't they take Rodon? Because he's super injury prone, man. I mean, the guy barely pitches, and when he pitches, it just looks ugly. You know, uh, I, mean, I would. So, I wouldn't I say it looks ugly. Really, everybody's been really high on Rodon the last couple of years, but he hasn't performed. I mean, it's just simple as that. I don't think the Red Sox... First of all, I don't think the Red Sox are going to trade Mookie Betts. They, they just got J.D. Martinez. They're going to trade Mookie but, Betts. They're going to trade Mookie Betts. Okay. Uh, if they're going to trade Mookie Betts, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally don't think they're going to, so I don't really have that much to say about yeah, this one. The, the only reason... The, the big problem with Boston, and we've seen it, that their cap space, they're they're over the cap space, and they need to get rid of money, or they're going to start getting hit with a big fine. So I think for that to happen, they're going to have to trade someone. And with JD Martinez opting into his contract, kind of screwed over the Red Sox because now they're going to have to make the decision with some of these guys. Because if you think about it, who on the Red Sox is commanding a shitload of money? JD Martinez, who's on the Red Sox next year, they've got a. Uh, They've got Mookie Betts, and I, I think that they could get a lot from Mookie Betts. Whether, whether that be the White Sox or not, uh, I'm just saying that this would work out for the White Sox. But I think that Mookie Betts will not be wearing a Boston Red Sox uniform next year because of that cap space. 
yeah, I think cap's very important to kind of play into this aspect. Um, I, I actually have heard the idea that Mookie's on the block. Um, and the one, the one team that I saw that's always, I feel like they're always in the talks for when any big name assets on the market. But, um, I've heard the fact that the Dodgers are interested in, in pitching in a deal to get them. And the Dodgers definitely have a lot of assets to do so. But, um, I think Mookie would be great, but personally, I don't think it's something I'm too too fond on. Really? I think it'll be a, a hit for the Red Sox. Obviously, they don't want to get them, but uh, from what I've seen, they're pretty adamant about staying under the uh, the limit for the salary cap this year. So I'd be surprised to see Mookie still in a Red Sox jersey, but I wouldn't. Uh, I'm I'm most most looking towards him being on another team. Hopefully, it's the White Sox. I mean, I like what you put together. Because the uh, the Red Sox are kind of in like a little gray area right now. They're not the what they were when they won two years ago. Yeah. But they're obviously not at the bottom of the barrel. They need a little something that's going to really put them back on the map, especially uh, with the Yankees at the peak of uh, the AL right now. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I think the package you put together, it, it puts together some promise for the future. And they get a guy like... Uh, Carlos, who is a reliable pitcher when he's healthy, so I mean, and and the Sox are getting something that would be vital to them in return as well. I mean, who wouldn't want a guy like Mookie Betts? So yeah, definitely. All right, I well, mean, I think the Red Sox are going to be very skeptical of ever taking a pitcher from the White Sox again. Yeah, uh, true. Obviously, Chris, Why? they, they got a they got a World Series out of it. That yeah, is true. It, yeah, they did, and I'm not going to deny that. But what else you kind of got? Chris is kind of falling off. He's Definitely shown this past season, especially that he is not a clutch pitcher whatsoever. So well, I think they'll definitely be weary of that. And here's here's the difference with Boston: the Boston fans do not want a World Series and to be done. They want Chris Sale to live up to everything that they want him to be. Boston, they're not going to be happy with one World Series. They want so much more than that. Uh, we can we we see that all the time with if they lose a football game, the whole city burns the fuck down. They're, they're all about the now. They're happy when they win championships, but they're always hungry for more. So the Boston fans are not too happy with Chris Sale right now. All right. No, definitely not, and I agree. They're definitely that, that city that they love to win, and especially I'm not going to get into any hockey talk here, but being a, a Hawks fan, <clears throat> I hate to see Boston win. Oh, but yeah. they're that kind of city that – they always win and they're used to it, and then when it kind of falls short, especially um, with kind of how the Yanks played this year, um, they're definitely not happy whatsoever. Well, the Red Sox, the Yankees, it's it's always coming to the offseason. You always expect teams like that to pick up guys that are big contract guys because they have the most money and the rich get richer. And that's just how the MLB works with all these spending caps and all that. Other teams can offer more than others, and you see a team like the White Sox who can offer a shit ton but don't want to pull their wallet out of their pocket. So uh, that's why teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees are always contending because they're not afraid to spend now. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, I think that does it for our White Sox talk. Uh, Jack, are I got you one right? more. Oh, yeah, go one ahead, more White Sox. Uh, just a quick question. What, what What's your time take? Luis Robert and Madrigal coming up. Uh, Luis Robert will start. I, I'm almost positive that he will start the season with the White Sox. Uh, kind of like the whole Eloy thing happened. I see the White Sox signing him to a 
seven-year deal, six-year deal, something like Eloy, uh, to get him up in the majors right away. But Nick Madrigal is an interesting case. Uh, I've heard around that there is a possibility that Nick Madrigal could spend half the season or the next full season in AAA next year. Uh, And the person that said that was the AAA coach, Triple A hitting coach last year, who is now the MLB hitting coach for the White Sox. So if if he has any say in it, if he has a big say in it, I could see Madrigal staying down for a good amount next year. As a White Sox fan, though, I want Nick Madrigal up within the next within the first month or so of the season. Hey, I don't know, man. Yomer won a uh, a gold oh, glove. Oh, get out of here with that shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not big on Yomer whatsoever. No, Yomer no. Legit. I was very adamant last year on being anti-Yomer. Um, but, I mean, if, if he's here for half a season, um, I can I can suck it up and deal with it. But, um, I, like I said, those two big prospects, I'm looking forward to them getting up in the majors. Yeah, and uh, a fun fact about Yomer, he had the lowest exit velo combined this – or, like, average this <laughs> year coming off the bat on hits, so – and that's why he won a gold glove. He didn't win a, a batting title or anything. Come on now. Yeah, that is true. That, that's why we had Yolmer was for the glove. Oh. Uh, now, anybody else have anything to say about the White Sox before we uh, close the door here? Door's closed. The door is closed? Yeah. All right. Uh, no, Jack, uh, you're up, baby. You are up. Uh, I've been listening this whole hour to talk about the Cubs. All right. So, obviously... Not the way the Cubs wanted to end last season, finishing 82-77, and 77, I believe, was their final record. Um, you know, obviously disappointing after making the playoffs in 2015, 16, 17, and 18. It's been tough to see how the Cubs team and a lot of um, assets of this Cubs team have regressed over the last couple of years. Um, I think that, you know, obviously there's three parts of a baseball team. You know, you got the hitting, the pitching, and the bullpen. Um, you know, the Cubs need to address all three of these things this offseason. And I want to start off with my most important one is the bullpen. The oh, 2019 yeah, Chicago Cubs bullpen was an absolute mess. The end of their se- the end of the season, the people that were in their bullpen was completely different than the people that were in their bullpen at the start of the season. You know, names like, you know, Brad Wick and Dwayne Underwood, Dylan Maples, Rowan Wick. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know who these guys are, and I didn't know who they were until they came up. Um, you know, so they really have to, during this offseason, they have to do a good job of, you know, obviously you're not going to sign, you know, a huge piece, but, you know, they need to do a good job of signing uh, or signing guys that are going to be good, both in the front and back end of the bullpen. I mean, you know, Craig Kimbrell, I mean, they, they made a big signing there last season. He needs to figure it out. You know, they signed him to be the guy that he was in Boston for most of 2018. You know, he had a couple more blown saves than we would have liked to see uh, this past season. So he needs to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one other thing I think they need to do is incorporate Tyler Chatwood more. You know, I, I know that they signed him as a starter. Um, to be a starter, that didn't work out. He transitioned very nicely into the bullpen this year. He was able to go in, in, in games where um, starters weren't able to go that long or they were getting rocked. He came in and did a very nice job of eating up innings. So I think that's definitely something that they need to do in that bullpen. 
So what are your guys' thoughts on the Cubs bullpen moving forward? You know what? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit with the fact that they're not going to sign one of the big uh, bullpen guys. I, I think that, and to me, the big bullpen guy is Will Smith. I think he's the top yeah. of the chain. Uh, there's also guys like Dylan Patances who I think, lucky enough for the Cubs, he's going to come at a cheaper price this offseason because yeah. of his injury problems. So I think that would be a great piece for the Cubs to invest in. But I could see them kind of like the White Sox. I have the same keys for the Cubs with Will Smith, Will Harris. I think those would be two guys that the Cubs would love to have. Uh, even yeah. a guy like Daniel Hudson, I don't see the Cubs getting a guy like a guy like Drew Pomeranz. The Cubs and the Sox are in different positions on that. Uh, but Will Smith, Will Harris, Dylan Patances. The Cubs have money to spend, not a lot of money. They've got a little bit to spend, but what they do have to spend, I think, will be on the bullpen. And there's something that we'll talk about a little bit sooner, Jack. I can already tell that you're uh, you're getting ready to talk about it sooner or later. That might open up a little bit of money for the Cubs. So uh, one thing I'm going to say about the Cubs, uh, not then. This is this is just me being unbiased. All right, oh, here it's, we go. Here we go. This is going to be great. The Cubs, the biggest, two biggest things for the Cubs. Obviously, you saw all the bullpen issues they had last season, but the biggest issue to me from the past season and going forward for them is the surge that the Brewers are on and the Cardinals are on. They have, they're in the complete, complete opposite situation as the White Sox, where the Sox are in a division that's getting worse and worse, and the Cubs are in a division where teams are catching up to them. Yeah. And uh, that's that's going to be their biggest problem going forward. So, <coughs> no, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I think that you know, there's a lot of things that that the Cubs need to do. I mean, you know, the Brewers are better. You know, honestly, to be honest with you, I'm not really worried about the Brewers. Um, I think the Brewers are a really stagnant team. I don't yeah, think they're really doing anything this off season either. I mean, yeah, they have Christian Ellis. Lorenzo Cain isn't the player he used to be. I don't, you know, they don't have a lot of pitching. I'm not really worried about the Brewers. Well, I'm and they're losing Grandal, Mustakis. I mean, they're missing some key spots to their uh, offense. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, towards the end of the day, it was crazy how, you know, I mean, like I said, the Brewers don't have that talent on paper that jumps out at you. But, you know, they were in the National League wildcard game, and, and the Cubs weren't. So, you know, they – and even after Christian Yelich went down, I, I they had a crazy run towards the end of the season. You know, they were able to do some things that I never thought they were going to be able to do. So, you know, I get what you're saying, Jay. And the Cardinals worry me a lot more than the Brewers do. But the Brewers are definitely still a team to watch out for. Um, Brandon, I want to touch on what you said about the – you gave some big reliever names. I actually had those guys written down here uh, in front of me as guys that I want to see uh, on the north side next year um you know will smith like we talked about him he i think he emerged as an elite back end of the bullpen guy saved 34 games for the giants last year uh he did receive a qualifying offer from them on november 4th we'll see how that plays out with with the giants but i do think that 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 is a piece to look at um will harris again like you said i think the cubs need to take a shot at this guy you know, go out, sign him to a two, three-year deal. He's a proven reliever. He's a veteran. You know, he's won a World Series. He's a reliable guy. He was a reliable guy for A.J. Hinch in Houston. I think he'd be a great guy to have with Kimber on the back end of that bullpen. A couple more names, you know, like you said earlier, Pat Sergio Romo. He's a hard-throwing right-hander. 
Uh, he's a reliable guy. Very nasty, too. Very nasty. Yeah, and Daniel Hudson, finally, like you said. He just won a World Series at Washington. I don't think that, that the Nationals would have been able to win the World Series without his presence in the bullpen. He came in and gave them some really good innings throughout the playoff. Um, I would really like to see him in a Cubs uniform. Yeah. I'll, I'll just chime in and kind of offer my two points. Um, I think the Sox and the Cubs kind of fall in the same, the same situation in terms of their pitching. I think they have all the right assets. I do believe the Sox uh, bullpen might be just a little bit better off, but I think it's just the, t- the idea of them showing up. Um, I mean, they 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 are both very talented, and I think they just didn't really show up at all last year. And I think if they do show up, they're going to be both very dangerous, especially with the Cubs starting rotation. Uh, and then in terms of the kind of the playoff race, Jay was touching on with the the Brewers and the Cards. It's always going to. I think it was going to be like this for a, the next couple of years. It's always going to be this. It was last year, and it was this year, where it's going to just be an absolute dogfight. And it's going to be those teams that one stay healthy, and two that kind of have those guys that kind of lead you through. Um, like especially in a situation where Yelich goes out on a freak, a freak thing. You know, the, there's guys in that clubhouse that stepped up and kind of took charge. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, it's it's going to be no surprise. It's going to be that NL Central is going to be like this for at least two or three years coming. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. It's a very competitive division. And the, and the other team we aren't talking about in the Central Division is, is the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, you know, agreed. People, people do not realize the talent that is coming up. Eugenio? <laughs> What'd you say? Eugenio, bro. Suarez. Guy is oh, a beast. Yeah. That guy, you know, he's awesome. I think Nick Senzel is going to be really great. Um, Aquino, where did he come from? Yeah. He's a really solid player. Um, Luis Castillo broke out this year. I mean, I think they have Sonny Gray wrapped up for another year or two. Could be wrong on that. Um, but I, I think that the Reds are going to actually, you know, next year especially start competing with that top spot. I don't think the Reds are going anywhere. Uh, the Pirates, I don't worry about it all, you know, whatever. But, you know, those, it's a it's a four-team race, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it should be, man. Didn't they come struggle with the Pirates at the end of the season last year? I think what? at the end of the season, the Cubs kind of just falling apart. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think. The, the end of the, the season, the, 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 pir- the Pirates aren't anything special. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, so, yeah. You know that, so. Know that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Jason, you're trying to dig up anything and get on the Cubs right now for today. So, also, in the bullpen, another aspect to the Cubs bullpen is they have a lot of guys that they had on their bullpen last year that are free agents. Steve Ciszek, Derek Holland, Brandon Morrow, uh, Pedro Strobo, Brandon Kinsler. Okay, Holy first and foremost, shit. Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow, that was a terrible experiment. He's gone. I don't even think he's going to pitch in the, in the pros again, in my opinion. Obviously, they're not. I don't know. I've heard a lot of rumblings that he might come back to the Cubs. Well, I don't know. I don't want him to, but we'll see. Derek yeah. Holland, for sure, gone. Steve Ciszek, I've always been a really big Steve Ciszek fan. I agree. He, I really he was good. He was good, but I don't see them re-signing him, especially after the 2019 season that he had. Um, I, you know, he, he didn't look great. I, I thought I thought at one point he was going to become the Cubs' closer when Pedro Strope started struggling before re-signing Kimbrell. That obviously never happened. I'm glad it didn't happen because he definitely is not fit for that role um but i think the cubs need to re-sign and i want your guys thoughts on this and you might not agree with me but i think that the cubs need to re-sign pedro strope and brandon kinsler um, i want to hear what you guys think about that 
I, I agree with the Pedro Strope. Uh, I know he's not a top of the bullpen guy that a lot of people want him to be, but he is a reli- he's not reliable, I'd say, but he's definitely an average bullpen piece that every team needs to have, and I think that'd be a good piece for the Cubs to have. Brandon Kinsler, I'm kind of on the fence about, uh, but yeah, I'd lead more towards Pedro Strope if I had to pick the two. Yeah, I'm kind of going to piggyback off Brandon. I think Strope would be a good a good guy to keep. I think uh, with Kinsler, it can kind of go either way. If you keep him, you do. If you lose him, it's not going to be that detrimental to the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you guys had some really good points there. I mean, I would definitely want to re-sign Strope before I re-sign Kinsler. But I also, you know, I like – this is the reason why I like Pedro Strope. He's been a Cub forever now. Yeah, he has his ups and downs, but – he, if you look at his overall stats through his time with the Cubs, he, he's had a good career with the Cubs. He hasn't had a bad career. Yes, he's blown some saves. Yes, he's given up some really big hits and home runs. But, you know, he's a Cubs guy. He's a Chicago Cubs guy. He loves Wrigley Field. He loves the organization. He's definitely a guy that you want to keep around just for, you know, the, the guys in the clubhouse that may not be familiar with the team, you know, new guys that come in. He's just a guy that you want in the clubhouse. You know, I've heard nothing but good things about him as a person. Um, I know he does a lot of work outside the organization, too, with with charities. Um, and I think that's just the kind of guy that you want around the organization. Well, Jack, let me ask you, what do you think uh, the Cubs' number one uh, priority sh- uh, should be going forward with uh, winter meetings and all that? Well, like I said, Jay, the, the bullpen. I mean, obviously they need to address all three parts of their team, and I'm going to get into the pitching and the hitting next. But I think the bullpen, you know, you sit down at the winter meetings, you're like, okay, what was our biggest flaw last year? You know, obviously they had a lot of flaws. Offensive consistency was a problem. You know, starters going long innings was a problem. But the main problem was the bullpen. You know, when you when you get – here's the, 2016. I'll give you the difference between 2016 and now. 2016, you got a guy like John Lester or Kyle Hendricks that go that went six or seven innings consistently, and then as a Cubs fan, when they turned it over to that back end of the bullpen, Strope and uh, Rendon and Chapman, you know, you were confident as a Cubs fan, you know, going into those latter innings of the game. You know, last year, not at all. You know, the, when the starters go out, it's like, oh great, here comes Pedro Strope again. You know, so I think they need to address that most in the winter meetings. Um, I think it's going to kind of go under the radar, uh, their bullpen signings, but I think they are going to both sign and trade for a couple key bullpen pieces. I really like what you said about Dylan Betances, Brandon. Uh, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. I think he could be a great fit for the Chicago Cubs for as, as a setup man or, or even, uh, you know, a seventh inning guy uh, for the Cubs to set up Stroke and Kimbrell. Um, you know, he, he was injury ridden last year, but the year before that he was outstanding with the Yankees. I think a lot of people are going to overlook him because of his injuries and consider him too much of a risk factor, but I think he could really come back. He's, he's still pretty young. He can come back, have a great season. I think that is definitely a guy that the Cubs need to go after. So yeah, Jay, I think that's the main thing they need to address in the winter meetings is the bullpen. Yeah. Um, all right. So bullpen, that's that. Now we're going to move on to starting pitching. Now, the Cubs starting pitching is, I don't know, man. There's a lot to talk about with the Cubs starters, you know, you know, because we have Hugh Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana, 
and John Lester. You know, those guys, it's pretty set that they're going to be in the rotation next year. Am I happy about that? No. Am I mad about that? No. I love the strides. So what are you about that? I'm in between, man. I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I like you, Darvish. You know, I think he had a spectacular second half of the season last year. I think he is moving in a great direction. Kyle Hendricks, his numbers from last year won't show it. But Kyle Hendricks, man, he's a great pitcher. He's an elite pitcher. He's not going to throw 95, 96 miles an hour, but... Damn, he'll come in there and he'll paint his spots and he'll find a way to get you out. Yep. Jose Quintana, I want to say thank you for him, but also I don't. Um, you know, we. No, nah, you're welcome. Would. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, trust me, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah we won that. And, trip, and no thank doubt. you, thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. You guys won that trade. Whatever. But you know, Quintana, another lefty in the starting rotation, that that could be a good guy moving forward. You know, I, I'm not really too high on him. Um, and then John Lester, man, it's really hard to say. Um, I don't think John, I think John Lester is at the tail. I think his best days are behind him. I think he's at the tail end of his career. Um, so I think that the Cubs need to address, you know, they got one starting spot to fill because obviously I don't want John Lester in the rotation, but he's going to be there. He has a big contract. You know, he's been a captain of the team for a couple of years now. He's going to be there. Um, so a couple names. We've said them already throughout the podcast. Madison Bumgarner, I do not think he is done. Um, I think, he, you know, he's a workhorse. He's proven in high-leverage situations, which is exactly the kind of guy that the Cubs want in that rotation. Um, you know, I think taking a shot at him wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, Hyen Jin Ryu, top pitcher in baseball in 2019. Electric stuff. He's a Kyle Hendricks kind of guy. You know, he's not going to throw 95, 96, but definitely a guy that the Cubs could look for you know, to be a good left-handed piece coming out of that rotation. I don't know if he's going to necessarily have the um, same kind of year that he had with the Dodgers this past year. But, you know, just guys like that, Jake Odorosi, you know, a guy like Kyle Gibson, you know, just those guys are pieces that they need to look for to fill the back end of that rotation. Because in my opinion, Hugh Darvish is going to go into 2020 year number one starter. I'm very high on Darvish. Um, I know it's taken him a while to, to come into his zone on the Cubs. I think there was a lot of me- uh, mental issues with him, a couple of mechanical issues. I think in the second half of the season, he figured something out. He was he was one of the best pitchers in baseball in the second half. Yep. So I have really high hopes for him coming into 2020. What do you guys think about the Cubs' starting rotation? I think you hit all the spots with the starting rotation. Like you said with Darvish, uh, sure, he had a rough start to his Cubs career. But I think he's finally starting to feel comfortable. I think we even see that more on Twitter. He seems a lot more interactive with everybody. Uh, So I think he's kind of realizing that he's got a spot with the Cubs long term. Uh, You were saying Kyle Gibson. I feel like that would be a great person for the Cubs to look after. Uh, Jose Quintana was not good for the Cubs last year. Statistically, he had the worst ERA in all qualified NL starters, which is not good. Uh, oh, that's tough. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, John Lester, I think we're starting to see the end of his dominance uh, slowly but surely. Uh, I think you'll get another good year out of him, but then after that, it's going to be time to start looking somewhere else. Uh, but you guys have a good, you guys have an, an above average starting rotation, I'd say. Uh, barely, though. You guys are on the fence. Yeah, barely there. above average. They definitely yeah. need to make a couple moves this offseason to put them above yeah, average. Yeah, but with the with the moves that you guys can make, I think Kyle Gibson would be a great fit for the Chicago Cubs. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. Um, I mean, he went 13-7 and seven last year. I really don't like his ERA. It was sitting at a 4.8 last year. Oh, don't really wow. like that, um, especially in a hitter-friendly Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, high ERA is definitely something. I mean, any pitcher that pitches uh, at Wrigley Field, their ERA is going to go up no matter what. It's completely different than pitching some of these other ballparks that, that are very pitcher-friendly. Um, but, you know, yeah, Kyle Gibson, why not, man? I mean, you know, you, you got to look at just his overall stats. I mean, he had 160 punch-outs. That's not bad. Um, could be a good back end of the rotation guy. You know, who knows? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Brandon that the Cubs are, like, a slightly above-average starting rotation. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it kind of goes back to the Sox. Like, if you guys start clicking all at the same time, you guys can be a very dangerous team in terms of pitching. But then again, when you start off with, like you did, um, and you have a really, really rough start, and, you know, the morale kind of just plummets, it's not going to be easy to come from or, like, kind of pick yourself back up from. But I think if you all start clicking real uh, real fast and you're pitching really well and you're getting the run support, which is definitely a thing the Cubs can definitely do is get the run support. I think that's the biggest thing with the Sox is the pitchers kind of left out to dry last year. But, I mean, I think the Cubs are – you're in a lot better position than a lot of other MLB starting rotations. Yeah. Let me just say the rotation with the Cubs, I'm huge on Hendricks. The dude's got six stuff. He's he's probably the best in your rotation, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, I mean stuff wise, stuff wise, I want to say Darvish probably is the best stuff wise, but in terms of all around pitching, yeah, Jay, I agree with you, Kendrick. But uh, if you took this rotation me and and asked me how, what I thought about it like two or three years ago, oh dude, they, they have probably one of the best rotations in the league. But Lester's getting old. Quintana's not what he used to be. I mean, these are things like that I feel the Cubs always struggle with, like, letting go of guys because, like, look at got, what they – they didn't want to get rid of Schwarber because he was, like, an untouchable and he had a rough season. I think that's going to be a, a problem with the Cubs going forward because they just have this thing where they feel they're entitled to these guys. And I don't know if, if it's an entitlement thing, but I think the the biggest thing with the rotation is they're, they're going to have to start to maybe look to move guys around and stuff because – like like uh, Brandon said, Lester has, what, maybe one year left. You don't know if Quintana's going to ever be what he was again. Uh, I just don't think the Cubs uh, should take the risk of being stagnant. No, they, they really they can't be stagnant at all this offseason. My theme for the Cubs this offseason is be bold, be daring, do things that maybe you wouldn't have done two years ago, you know, um, yeah, I, I think, well, part of the problem in the past couple off seasons, and yes, the Cubs have made some, you know, good signings, good trades that have benefited their team. But I really, I really feel like they've been kind of tentative in, in their pursuit of free agents and in pursuit of trades, you know, all this untouchable shit, you know, I don't like this untouchable stuff. I mean, obviously there's guys on the Cubs that I want to be untouchable, Rizzo, Baez, whatever, but you know, they need to be bold. They need to be daring. They need to go out and like offer, offer guys. And I have a lot of, um, a lot of things to say on the offensive side for the Cubs. So we'll get into that. Um, but they need to be daring this offseason. They, they need to go out and they need to be like, okay, at the winter meetings, especially you sit down and you're like, okay, these are the pieces that we need. And they need to go out and get them and not sit back and maybe like, oh, maybe this guy will develop. Maybe this guy will get better. No. Like, this isn't 2016. 
You know, you got to get away from the Addison Russells. You know, I'm a big Kyle Schwarber guy, but, you know, I don't know if he's our left fielder. They just need to, you know, I really think the core is still there. They just need to touch up some pieces around the core. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree with the, what Jay is saying about the untouchable stuff. I think this next offseason, maybe this one, maybe the next one, we're going to start seeing some of those guys get moved. Um, we were talking earlier about the Chris Bryant stuff. I don't know if that's something you want to get into now. Jack, you want to get into that now, or you want to save it for the off or for the offense? But do you want to get about yeah, the? Do you want to wait? I, will, um, I mean, I guess we can jump. We can jump to the offense. I mean, unless you guys have anything else in terms of pitching, um, I'm really nope. uh, I'm kind of done. Yeah. Um, on pitchers, I mean, I you know, like we address the the bullpen needs, the starting pitching needs. Um, so yeah, moving on over to the offensive side. Um, you know, and obviously there's a lot to talk about with this Cubs offense because yeah. on paper, you know, you're looking at it, you're like, oh, like they could be a really con- real contending team, but they haven't been showing it. And this offseason, uh, I have three things down here that the Cubs need to do offensively to, to better their team and make them a contender again. One, Theo needs to go out and sign a damn leadoff hitter, man. Kyle Schwarber is not a leadoff hitter. Jason Hayward is not a leadoff hitter. Anthony Rizzo is not a leadoff hitter. They no, just don't yeah. have a leadoff hitter right now. They need to go out and find one of those guys or find a leadoff guy. Um, a couple names I have down here. Uh, Corey Dickerson, you brought him up earlier, Brandon. I really like him. I think yep. he uses um, all the whole field in terms of his hitting. Um, he's a good defender, too. Great utility guy. Um, don't know if he would necessarily be an everyday player for the Cubs, um, but definitely somebody I would like to see them get and try in a leadoff spot. Uh, guys like Jonathan Shope, um, and a big guy that you know hasn't really been talked about because he was hurt last year for most of the year. He had a great 2018. Scooter Jeanette is a free agent this year. He ended his season in San Francisco, didn't really have a good year. I think it took him a little, or he still wasn't getting into the hang of things or the swing of the, the baseball season. But I like Scooter Jeanette. I, he's put up really good numbers with the Reds over the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's, he provides power. He provides speed. He provides average. I think, and I think you could put him in at the second base position where the Cubs need a guy to fill there. So, you know, a guy like Scooter Jeanette, that, that's my number one in the leadoff position that, that I think that they should look to pursue. Yeah. What do you guys think? The, yeah, I agree with – I agree and disagree with Scooter Jeanette. Uh, I, I was high on Scooter Jeanette. He was an all-star a couple years ago, I believe, with the Cincinnati Reds. I know for sure he had a great season a couple years ago. And he dropped nukes. Uh, the problem with Scooter Jeanette, he really did have a very, very poor season last year, even before the injury in Cincinnati. Uh, he finished the season in uh, San Francisco, like you said, Jack, but didn't look good for Scooter Jeanette, and I feel like if he didn't do well right away with the Cubs, he would get eaten alive by the Chicago Cubs fans. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What do you guys think? Any Jay, Pat, any possible leadoff guys? I mean, yeah, leadoff is definitely the biggest thing, I think, in terms of offense uh, the Cubs need to worry about. That whole idea of with Rizzo or Schwarber, I I was kind of shocked when that first kind of came about, and I, didn't I really know that. what I hated that. I know. I mean, granted, Madden's a very unorthodox coach, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think 
I mean, I would personally, I think Corey would be a really, really good person for that that spot. I think you hit it on the head where he, he can he can kind of bat and use the whole field to his advantage. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. But I definitely think lead offense is something that, in terms of offense, the Cubs really need to like figure it out because that idea of having Schwarber or Rizzo leading off is it's not going to do you well in the playoffs. No, uh, for me, uh, just looking at this list of guys that could be leadoff hitters. Uh, I'm going to go back to a guy I was high on. I obviously talked about the Sox bringing him back. Uh, John Jay, he was there when the the Cubs won. He was their leadoff guy. He's a solid bat. Whether he's coming off, uh, coming off filling in off the bench, uh, or he's just there to be a utility guy, whatever, uh, I think that should be a possibility that's looked into because he knows what the team is about. Uh, obviously, he knows Ross. Uh he played with them when they won. He played with almost that entire team when they won. So, I mean, I think that should be looked at. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I think leading into my next point, and my, my next point for what the Cubs need to do um, to improve their hitting is they need to be more consistent on the offensive side. And I think that stems from a solid leadoff hitter. You know, you look at the teams that, you know, are in the playoffs, you know, teams that went far in the playoffs. Okay, we'll look at the Nationals. Trey Turner's their leadoff man. You look at the Astros. George Springer's their leadoff man. Look at the Yankees. DJ LeMahieu is their leadoff man. Those are all, in my opinion, superstars in Major League Baseball. You know, yeah. the leadoff guy sets the tone, sets the tempo for the rest of, um, you know, for the rest of the lineup. <coughs> I mean, he can see things, you know, uh, can give hitters intel on, on the pitcher since he's the first guy up at bat. Um, I think it's a really important thing for the Cubs. I mean, I think one of the key reasons why they were able to win in 2016 was because they had Dexter Fowler. Now, was he the best, you know, best hitter on the team? No. Not even close. But he was a guy that could that, that found a way to get on base, you know, provided some consistency in that leadoff spot, could take a walk, hit for a little bit of power, could drive in runs, had some speed. You know, so a guy like that, I think the Cubs need to go out and, and find a guy like that. And I think they need to be – and I think if they do that – they will be their offense will be more consistent from one to eight, you know, with nine being the the pitcher slot. Um, but I think that's the main thing, man. Consistency. They need to find a way to be consistent. I don't know if that's going to come with a coaching thing. If that's going to come with somebody in the clubhouse, I don't know. But they definitely need to be more consistent. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. With the consistency, uh, Jack, I have a proposal for you, buddy. Uh, I, I know. The Cubs have uh, some interesting decisions to make in the next couple off-seasons between their core guys of uh, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, uh, Wilson Contreras. We've already seen talks that Wilson Contreras might be traded. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily, but the, the player that I think is more than likely out the door, firstly, out of any of these guys, is Chris Bryant. Me, personally, I think that. Uh, I think that the Cubs... I've been saying this for a while now, that the Cubs need to trade Chris Bryant, re-sign Nick Castellanos, and I think that would help you guys tremendously because you guys would get a haul for Chris Bryant. Yeah, well, I, I go ahead, go ahead, Jay. I just saw on Twitter that Chris Bryant would be open to an extension with the Cubs, but if I'm the Cubs, I'm saying hell no after the performance, the shaky performance you put on the entire year last year you're not getting anything until you can come out and prove that you're not gonna be the shaky player you were the entire last season because the, I, Cubs, I, can't, the Cubs can't afford a guy like that right now with the state they're in 
they need guys that are going to go out and they're going to be consistent and take care of business for them. So here's the thing, Jay, and I know obviously you say Chris Bryant had a, had a shaky year, but I want to give you his, his stats from last year. 282 batting average, 31 home runs, 77 RBIs. Yeah. For most players, for most players, you you know, if there was another name and another picture up on the screen right now, I'd be like, okay, this guy is a good baseball player. 282 batting average, 31 home runs, 77 RBIs. Those are solid numbers. Now, you know, I feel like people expect so much out of Chris Bryant that when that when he doesn't put up that, you know, 295, you know, 40 homer, 100 RBI season, you know, people are, are Cubs fans are like, oh, what the heck? Let's get this guy out the door. Now, I am in favor of trading Chris Bryant. I, I actually have a very, very hot take that I want to see what you guys think about in a minute. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like Chris Bryant. Um, would I be open to an extension with him? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think they should do that? No. I think they should look in other directions. Um, and here's my hot take for the whole Chris Bryant thing. I think, like you said, Brandon, the Cubs are going to get an absolute haul for Chris Bryant. They are going to get a lot of, you know, whether it's money, whether it's prospects, whatever, they can get a lot for him. Um, this is my take, and I know that it probably is very far from being close to happening or in the possibility of happening, but well, one of my takes is the Cubs trade Chris Bryant and go after Anthony Rendon. Not, what do you guys think about that? Not terrible, but I still... The problem with you possibly getting Anthony Rendon is, to me, it would shut out all possibilities of you guys getting other key aspects, as in bullpen would be scarce. You guys would not be able yeah. to get a guy like Will Smith or Dallin Batan. Maybe Batances, possibly, uh, but a guy like Will Smith. You guys wouldn't have that big guy in the bullpen. Uh, you guys would not get the – you guys wouldn't get what – Anthony Rendon would cause – and he he he's a need, but if you guys get rid of Chris Bryant, he's a need. But then again, he causes another problem by causing all these other holes that you guys can't fix, as in the bullpen, the starting rotation, and other aspects of the offense. So it's interesting. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but I I just don't see it happening personally. Yeah, I don't. I, it's just one of those things where like you would love to see it happen, like. For example, Mookie Best of the White Sox. One of those things you would love to see happen, but probably won't. Hey, Jack, that's uh, going to happen. Don't don't sleep, Blake. I mean, realistically, <laughs> I think Mookie's definitely a more viable option as the Sox and Rendon. Is. Oh, yeah, I agree, but you get what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind yeah, of like no, I totally get where, like, it. Yeah, I get it. Hype dream. And I think Brandon hit it was 100% right. If you do... If that trade does go through, um, you're really kind of like tying your hands behind your back on that one. It's going to yeah. be a great pickup, but it's, it's you almost going to really be like the season. Bulls with Melo a few summers ago. They wouldn't have been able to add more depth to their lineup if they would have added Carmelo. Anthony. They they still didn't even add like that was a horrible. Yeah, well, still didn't do anything. We weren't winning with Melo. <laughs> Melo or not, we still didn't do anything with the team. But we'll say that for the the Bulls talk in a later podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a couple names, or actually one name and one possible trade that I want to throw at you guys for the Cubs. And I love this guy. He played for the Cubs. He's, he's been bouncing around the last couple years. Starlin Castro. I am actually really, really high on the Cubs signing him this offseason. Um, you know, 
He's in Miami. He's in a terrible spot in Miami. I think Sterling Castro, he's not an elite player, but he's a good player. Um, you know, he hit 270 last year, 22 homers, 86 RBIs in Miami. Those are pretty good numbers. Um, he could fill the vacant, or I wouldn't say vacant, but, you know, the, the second base position for the Cubs is up for grabs in 2020. And I think going out and signing a guy like Sterling Castro, you know, you're not going to pay, you're not going to overpay for him. You're not going to have to spend too much money on him. You know, he obviously knows the Cubs. You know, he knows Rizzo. He knows Bryant. You know, he's won with them before in 2015. Um, I think he would be a great sign for the Cubs. You know, he'd be a good, you know, maybe he could even be a leadoff hitter, you know. One-two kind of guy. You never know. Um, yeah. I just think going out and getting a guy like Starlin Castro, I would love to see him back in Cubby Blue in 2020. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Uh, and honestly, now that you say that, I see it more realistic because he's going to come at a cheaper asking price uh, money-wise. So with the budget constrictions that the Cubs are on, I think that Starlin Castro would be a perfect fit. I do agree with that. Yeah. And – uh, Pat, Jay, you guys got anything on Castro? I mean, if you want him, go for him. I don't really see a problem with it. I think, you know, if you do pick him up, it will be nice to have. But um, I don't think he's an absolute need in any aspect. But I do I do understand, you know, he did play well when uh, he was with the Cubs. And, I mean, I don't see any problem bringing him back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's not going to solve all your problems, but he's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, he's Like you said, he's been around the team. He knows – what, what they're all about there. He's got the chemistry. He knows Wrigley. Uh, so why not? I mean, especially with the way you, you guys were shuffling guys in at second with Addison Russell and all that and just not having a guy that you could go to at second consistently, I'd say, like, yeah, why not? Go get him. Definitely. All right, so I have another name, and this guy's on the market, and it's a stretch, Francisco Lindor. Now, get your yeah, fucking ass out of here. Okay. Not happening. Hear me out. Listen. All right. First of all, do you guys think he's going to be traded? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I, I think. Put it this way. I think Lindor is closer to being gone than Brian is from the Cubs. Okay. But, okay. Then here's my next question. You know, you guys are all like, no shot that's happening. But, but why not? Like. Why, why can't the Chicago Cubs go out and make a blockbuster deal for Francisco Who are you guys going to give up for yeah, Francisco Lindor? I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but here, here's the thing. Well, then that, don't ask us, because we're, we're asking who you're going to give up for, and we want answers. Hey, can you let me talk? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm waiting. Me, I'm listening. I'm talk. all ears. Let's go. So it looks to me like I don't, I don't think the Indians are going to be a force in the AL Central for, for, year, for the years to come. I don't I think they have that. that. I still think they're gonna. They've I'm got. They still got the rotation they, to be a force. Yeah. They do, but they they're do. not. Wow. As elite we all, we as all they know were. who the AL Central runs through now, boys. Come on, let's not fool ourselves. <laughs> okay, let's relax. Let's let 2020 play out before we say that kind of shit. But hear me out here. You're telling me that that if the Cub that the Cubs couldn't put together a little package to send over to Cleveland, you're not going to get Lindor so. for a little package, bud. It's. You're going to have to give up Nico Horner and and a lot more with that. Okay, but, but here's the thing. Is that worth it? For a team that is not fully rebuilding and has some tools that they need to win now, you know, why not? You know, Is that a landing spot for Chris Bryant, maybe? No, because the, the Indians wouldn't do that because they'd be in the same problem with Chris Bryant that they are in right now with Francisco Lindor. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, like I said, guys, I, I don't. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not even saying that it's a it's a high possibility. All I was doing was throwing a hot take out there for you guys. I know where you guys stand on it now. So, yep. um, now you know. Uh, dude, just stop, man. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. I, I don't see you went or I think the Indians. I mean, definitely, like, long-term, there's no shot the Indians would be able to sign him because he's going to want a lot of money. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't think the Indians are really going to let him go. I don't see it happening. I, I'm going to say this, though. I, I'm 99.9% positive this will not happen. But my my base, me as a baseball fan, I cream my pants a little bit when I think about Baez and Lindor up the middle. That'd yeah, be, uh, exactly. Exactly. That's Ooh. what I was going for. Lindor and Baez up the middle. I'd clean my pants Jay, a little bit. Don't even start with me on Baez right now. Don't Ooh. even do it. I'm telling you, man. You don't want to start Ooh. this. Who's that? Okay. Maybe we'll just designate a whole podcast. We'll just let Jay and Jack go at it about this Baez debate. Well, well, that'll be that'd be an interesting on. one. But let's it's save it. Let's save it. Yeah. Um, okay. So just a couple more things I have about hitting, and then I will be done with All my right. cubbies. Um. Well, first I want to give what my ideal starting nine is for the Cubs in 2020. So behind the plate, Wilson Contreras. I think he needs to stay in Chicago. I know that there's been talks about Caratini with the year that he had last year moving into the starting spot. I don't like that. I love Wilson Contreras. He loves the Cubs. I think he's, I think he's an elite bat. I do not think he is going to end his career behind the plate because he has struggled defensively. But, I, you know, for 2020, for now, I think Wilson Contreras is our catcher. He has a great arm and do a lot of great things for the Cubs. Obviously, the captain, Anthony Rizzo, at first base. That's self-explanatory. I don't really need to explain that. Um, over at the hot corner, um, I would like to see, you know, again, I want to see Chris Br- I want to see the Cubs get something if they are going to trade Chris Bryant. But it has to be for the right price. If, if. Teams aren't going to give the Cubs what they deserve in return for Chris Bryant. Then I want Chris Bryant as my starting third baseman on opening day of 2020. I mean, you know, he's a cut. I think he would be open to an extension with the Cubs. Um, He's going to ask for a lot of money. Don't know if the Cubs will give it to him. But I would like Chris Bryant as my starting. To be honest, dude, I think there's a pretty good chance that'll have he'll be your starting third baseman coming. Yeah. So. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, I think he will be too. Um, over at the shortstop position, obviously the best shortstop in baseball, the best shortstop in the city of Chicago. Oh, uh, hey, take it easy, killer. Take it easy. Players in Major League Baseball, Javier Baez. Jay, I don't give a shit about what you say about Baez. <laughs> I love him. He's a beast. He's on the cover of 2020. He's a fan favorite, not only with Cubs fans. But yeah, look, look who was on the cover the year before, and look at the season he had. So the curse is coming for Baez. You better okay. okay, listen. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Anyways, outfield, I want Schwarber in left, Hayward in center, and then Nick Castellanos needs to be re-signed by the Chicago Cubs this offseason. I think he loved playing with the Cubs. I think he's going to love playing under David Ross. Um, I think that they won't have to overpay for him either. I mean, he's going to ask for a little bit more money now that he is represented by Scott Morris. But I also think that, you know, Nick Cassianos, he had an outstanding run with the Cubs last season. I mean, you know, if you look, if you look at the stats here, in 51 games with the Cubs, he hit 321 with 16 homers and 30, 36 RBIs. You know, you could argue that he was possibly one of the best players in baseball in the second half. 
So, you know, I would love to see him back in right field, maybe on a, on a three, four-year deal. You know, he's still a young guy. I think he's like 29. Um, so I would love to see him there. Now, second base, I don't know what's going to happen with, with the Cubs' second base position. All I hope is that I really, really, really hope I do not see Addison fucking Russell at second base opening day 2020. I think that Nico Horner is more of a, of a good fit for the Cubs to start 2020. Yeah, also, maybe re-sign Ben Zobris more of as a utility guy. I don't know. What do you guys think about the second base position for the Cubs? I liked your take on Starlin Castro. I like that a lot. Uh, I think that's a good possibility. Uh, Nico Horner, I think that'd be even... Uh, honestly, I'd say Nico Horner would actually be even better at second base over starting Castro. So right now, I would say Nico Horner would be a good spot right there. Yeah, I'm all in on what Brandon yeah. said. Hey, anything you guys got, Jay, Pat? I agree with Brandon. I'd say, yeah, I'd say your best take was Starlin Castro. Yep. So, all right, well, that's all I got for the Cubs, guys. Um, obviously, a lot that, uh, and we'll talk more about it throughout the offseason as things start yep. to play out. Um, both the Cubs and the White Sox are going to be, it's it's a very important offseason for both franchises. A lot needs to be done. There's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to have a lot to talk about. So just make sure you guys stay tuned for, for our episodes that are following because we'll definitely be talking a lot of baseball. Yep, definitely. So, that does it for episode three. We will be recording episode four with probably within the next couple of days, I'd say. Uh, so be ready for that. We're going to be talking some Hawks and Bulls. Uh, yes, but yeah, sir. That does that for today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at Cloudgate Sports. Check us out on Facebook at Cloudgate Sports also. Uh, shoot us a DM. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review on Spotify, but Apple Podcasts will be coming soon, so that would definitely help out there. So thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys in the next episode. See you guys. Go Cubs. Peace out. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win!